Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 16 of Once Upon a Time called Poor Unfortunate Soul, which aired March 22nd, 2015. We're brought to you by GoldenSpiralMedia.com. All right, Addie, this episode was fantastic. So let's start off with a quick recap. Yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. Young Ursula is forced by her father Poseidon to use her singing voice as a weapon by luring pirates to their doom to avenge her mother's death. But Ursula does not want to use her voice this way. As Hook's ship is being lured to its doom, Ursula stops singing just in time for him to avoid avoid a crash. Hook and Ursula meet once again, but this time on land. Ursula is singing in a bar where Hook recognizes her voice as the one who almost sunk his ship. Enthralled by her voice and after hearing her story, Hook decides to take her to wherever she wanted to go. Hook is confronted by Poseidon and makes a deal with him. If Hook steals Ursula's voice, then he will give him squid ink, which will render anyone, even the Dark One, paralyzed. Hook decides to tell Ursula of Poseidon's plan so that he can make another deal instead. If Ursula can steal the squid ink, then Hook wouldn't have to capture her voice. They almost succeed until Poseidon thwarts their plans. Poseidon steals back the squid ink and Hook goes back on his word and takes Ursula's voice. So distraught, Ursula turns herself into a sea witch using Poseidon's trident. Back in Storybrooke, plans are moving forward in torturing information out of August. Regina is able to get a message to the Charmings by using smoke to possess Snow White to let them know that Rumple is back in town and Pinocchio was turned into August. They turn to Belle to get the dagger, but realize that Rumple stole back his dagger from Belle by pretending to be Hook. Hook wants to make a deal with Ursula to find out what Rumple is up to. If Hook gives Ursula her happy ending, her voice back, then she has to tell him Rumple's plan. Meanwhile, Rumple steals potion from the fairies to reverse the spell they put on August in making him a real person. Now that August is back as wood, any lie he tells will be shown through his nose. With this built-in lie detector, August must answer truthfully or he will get burned. He tells them that a sorcerer trapped the author behind a door somewhere in Storybrooke. Rumple, Maleficent, and Regina start looking in the sorcerer's house, but the author is trapped in the book on the page that Henry has. Hook gives Ursula her voice back, but she couldn't get it back and they didn't know why. Ursula was going to go back on her words since she didn't get her happy ending, but Hook was not going to have that. Angry, Ursula throws Hook overboard, who is saved by Ariel. The Charmings arrive at Rumple's cabin to save August by knocking out Cruella, but Ursula walks in to stop them. With snow wrapped around her tentacle, ready to be crushed at any moment, Hook walks in and explains the only way to get her voice back was to have the person who en- enchanted it, Poseidon, release it. Ursula is reunited with her father and gets her voice back. Cruella escapes and finds Rumple, Regina, and Maleficent. To let them know that August has been saved and Ursula was their mole. Keeping her end of the deal, Ursula tells Hook that the author can't change things in this world because he didn't give everyone their happy endings here. Emma did. Emma is the savior and as long as there's a savior, the author can't write a happy ending for the villains. Rumpel knows this, so his plan is not death, but worse, to fill Emma's heart with darkness forever. 
take a deep breath. Oh, man. <laughs> so much happened. Yeah, last night's episode was a lot to take in, but very well done. I think everybody's ratings are pretty Yes, let's high. get into that because I, I, for one, I, I openly say I really, really dig this whole episode. So therefore, I give it a 10 out of 10 full bellies. Wow, a perfect 10. A perfect 10. I think it deserves a 10. There's uh, a lot of story left and right. The The writers and the creators took us on a complete journey, I think, in this episode where we weren't really questioning what was going on with this person. Why did they leave this out from this person? And then they focused on some main points, but also dug in deeper within those stories. Like Ursula, we get to see Ariel, we get to see um, Hook. Other stories just come up out of this one big story. So 10 out of 10 for me, but 10 out of 10 full bellies. I give it nine tridents. Tridents. (laughs) (laughs) And then Justina gives it an eight out of 10 built-in lie detectors. Mm -hmm. Chris gives it a 9.9 out of 10 leather pants. (laughs) And that's the ratings that we have for this episode. So, yes, overall, a pretty high ranking. And a lot of activity on our Facebook group. Yeah, we got uh, Justina. We have Eliana, Chris putting in their feedback. But then others who haven't really commented are starting to pop their head in. And I was like, oh, yeah, he has a point. She has a point. Yeah, so big shout out to everybody participating in the Facebook group. Yes, and I have something to say. I, I won't try to accept people into the group on my phone anymore because oh, I accidentally, yes. I thought you, it's it's one of those moments where your phone says accept, but then you dragged it a little too down or too much to the left or right, and then I accidentally hit ignore. So if you're trying to request to come back in the group, it should be an automatic accept because it's an open group. It's not a private group. But for whatever reason, it had asked me to approve somebody. And that was kind of odd to me because, again, it's an open group. But then when I pushed accept, I somehow, I don't know, pushed <laughs> ignore. Uh, I'll never do that again on the mobile. I'll wait till I get on my computer so I can approve people. So, so if you put in a request and didn't hear back, please do it again and we'll go in there <laughs> and approve it. Yeah, my apologies. All right, so let's dive right in. I mean, the meat of this episode was Ursula's story and I have to agree with Chris on Facebook I mean way to I like him I did not give a crap about her until this episode (laughs) like you really feel for her and you're like wow I love her story she comes and goes this is her episode I think we've all been wondering what's the deal with Ursula she's really quiet doesn't really feed into the story yet but here we got a lot for what we've been asking for do you wish that they would have like trickled it throughout these past episodes that she's been in? Or do you prefer how they just packed it into one episode and then she's gone? Well, I know they were dropping hints here and there that Hook and her had a pass and we were trying to figure out what it was. Mm-hmm. But I liked how they just focused on her and her happy ending. So, so I, you didn't like the whole, like if they would have dropped some of the story here and the next episode? I mean, I did like that. I, I still do like that, but... I, I mean, I like that they just focused on one because now we know her. We kind of know Maleficent, what she's after. The only mm-hmm. person I think we don't really know about what their happy ending it's is Cruella. Cruella. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I loved, I think I've been desiring her story. Like, what's her story? They've done a good job on keeping her very low key. She kind of has a sad look sometimes. So 
I was wondering what is her problem? I mean, we need to all find out what is her happy ending. I've been asking this since the beginning of this um, season B of, of this. What is everybody's happy ending? What are they desiring? What do they want to achieve by being on Rumpel's team? And here we got Ursula to have her voice back and be reunited with who she loves as her dad. Right. And it's funny, you did mention the word sad. And every time we go into a villain's backstory, it's a sad story. You yeah. feel for them. You can't, you can't not feel for Ursula. She was once innocent and she was used as a weapon by her own father. Yeah. And she didn't want to do it. She didn't want to. She thought of her voice as a special gift, like her mother's spirit. She wanted to use it for the greater good. She wanted to make people smile, enjoy her music. And he here he was saying, no, I want you to sink ships because they're responsible for killing your mother. Therefore, we should kill every pirate. And you see here, I, I thought we saw a different version of Hook that we've ever seen in the past before. As we, when we normally see Hook in the past, he's normally mean, in charge. He wants to get his way, very selfish, right? But in this episode, we saw a very heartbroken Hook still kind of dwelling in the loss of his lover, his true love, as he said it a couple of times. He, he was in pain, but he was willing to forgive her for trying to sink, but still saved him and his crew and promising her like, hey, you don't need to save Buddy. I'll take you. And then they started to team up together. And then because of her very evil dad with bad intentions, he decided, well, I'm sorry, pretty much saying, I'm sorry, but this is between me and your dad. And unfortunately, you're in the middle. Let me take your voice away. Yeah, that was that yeah. was the killer moment right there. Now yeah. you bring up, okay, so you bring up the dad, yeah, the evil dad. So this kind of goes again, it, blur, it blurs the line of hero and villain. Mm-hmm. So Poseidon is essentially a good guy. He's the king of the sea. But when they describe villains and they describe Hook, He's only out for vengeance. So Poseidon also was out for vengeance on all the pirates. So what's the difference between Hook and Poseidon? They both want vengeance. They both want revenge. Well, when I think about that, when I think about that, I think about, once again, Snow and Charming, where they've been done wrong multiple times. But they've both said, just let it be. It's you know, we are greater than this. We're better than this. Let's move forward. And next time we know better. Pretty much that's been their spirit their whole time up until this season. The season's been a little different. Uh-huh. But that's what I think as a hero where they're able to not give in to wanting revenge. And that's where I think when the line becomes, you know, here you are a good person, but darkness strikes in your heart. And that's when you start to become evil. You start to have that potential for darkness you have here Ursula's father, who is the king of the sea, but because his wife was killed by pirates, he was in, I think he was in villain mode at that moment because not only was he trying to kill pirates, he's really using his own daughter in his benefit. Nobody else's benefit. Oh, yeah. Nobody else wanted the pirates to be killed. Nobody else wanted her to keep singing. Uh, and what did he say? You do us both a favor and here take her most precious prized possession. That's her voice. Pretty much giving it to Hook, like, do this for me and I give you what you want. I was like, wow, you're her father. And that's where you turn from 
not really understanding Ursula to really sympathizing with her. I mean, all she wanted to do was sing for good. Yeah. Something too that, uh, that Poseidon says that kind of strikes me is he tells Hook, show her how horrible humans can be. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, wow. And, and it, you kind of see it with everybody else's character is, is that the catalyst? It, something horrible happening to them to make them turn and want to become vengeful and revengeful and seeking revenge, which makes them become a villain. But you kind of, you know, it kind of goes into what we were talking about last week too. And you said it with Ursula's father, like he turns dark for a moment. Everybody mm. can turn dark for a moment. Yeah. And everybody, you know, has that little bit of humanity in them too. It depends on the pain that they're feeling. Exactly. So, and my question too is, after seeing Ursula's story, do you think she really was a villain? We don't really see any bad she did. I mean, it didn't go into what she did when she was a sea witch. Yeah, that's the part that they leave out. Yeah. You kind of see a little strike of her evilness here and there trickled, mainly stealing something from like gold shop and then always wrapping up people to get them to answer Mm -hmm. something or get her way. But you do see her as a way to get back at her father, pretty much say, I'm going to turn myself evil. Now you need to fear me. Right. That was a good line. Yeah. One of many good one-liners throughout the episode, but that was a good line too. Like for me, I kind of felt um, that was, that was her ultimate, like now the balls in my court moment. But at the same time, you're like, you just gave in, you gave in, you're so much better. But again, her voice was everything to her. Now she lost that. And then here's that line again. Remember they've been driven to this point where they feel there is no return. So they might as well take advantage Mm -hmm. of that pain that they're feeling and try to strike it upon others. So she's willing to turn herself into a beautiful mermaid into an... A sea witch. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Chris mentions this on Facebook too, that he liked the correlation between Ursula being a goddess, like they mentioned in season three, because Ursula is not supposed to be some ugly sea witch villain. She's supposed to be some goddess. And she mentions that in the story. Right. You named me Ursula because she is this, that. And that's when she pretty much said, well, forget that wish. Boom. This is what you get. So it goes back again, like somebody drove her that way. And it's funny that you mentioned that. And she says in the episode that Hook made her that way. Was it really Hook or was it her dad? It was her dad. And she blames it on Hook. Well, the Hook actually took the voice, but... And we see this in a couple of people's uh, stories. I'm having, I, I probably want to say this now, that I think whatever happened with Maleficent and the Charmings has nothing really to do with them. They're just in the middle of it, just as Hook was in the middle with. Oh, you think so? Yeah. You don't think they had a direct, I think they had a direct. They may, but uh, I'm trying to think. There's a couple others who have not an exact direct. Well, okay. Uh, Regina and Snow, perfect examples. Yes. Snow yes. White didn't know. She was young. She yeah, she was understand. young. She just slipped. She didn't understand. She didn't know any better than to tell her mom, to, than to tell Cora. Right. So now her whole hatred is towards her. Towards Snow. Right. What really wasn't her fault. So we always have that where the anger so deep, they don't really have, yeah, their reasoning's really yeah. off. Because if they really think about it, it was the one closest to them that, that made them that way. Yeah. But I think I want, you know, going with the whole villain thing too, I want to mention that I think there's a difference between 
you know, as we see everybody's story, like Ursula and Hook and, and Maleficent and Regina even, you kind of see their backstory. You feel for them. And I think I said it last week too. Uh, Rumple, I don't know. Do we really feel for him? But I think with Hook, Ursula, Regina, Maleficent, they kind of show some kind of humanity. Right. Something. Whereas Rumple, he just wants the power. He just wants... I think with Rumpel, we we thought we've already been through these phases where, yes, we really sympathized with him and his village. And I forgot who was making him a fool in front of the whole village, in front of his own son. And right. that's what made him turn dark into the dark one. But he's at this point where, okay, man, you've done this too many times. You keep hurting those that you love. You've gained the trust of this, the town, but then you always turn your back on them. That's where he just can't give up this power when it become, when he's evil. He loves that magic. Right. That brings me to uh, a good point, too. And the next point, and Ariel says it, is, you know, the happy endings, they can happen without magic. Or I think they can happen without the author as well. Look at Ursula, for example. Yes, Hook helped her. And Hook was the one who took her voice away, knew where to get it back. But he knew her happy ending. And I like how Ariel tells Hook, villains, you guys just go about it the wrong way. Yeah, that's what she says. Now with Ariel, that surprised me that she she showed up. And I paid attention to why she was even there. And apparently when Blackbeard took over Hook's ship, he went on terrorizing people. And Queen um, Elsa decided to banish the ship, Mm -hmm. put it in a bottle. And she just says very, um, just like, whatever, I just got trapped with it yeah and so thank you for saving me therefore i'm going to save you and right. help you yeah. and thanks to her not so much just hook thanks to her she was able to reunite uh ursula's father and was able to fulfill hook's promise so it's kind of that twist and turn with ursula's story leads to hook and why hook uh took his advantage against her father and then in the end um when Ursula didn't get her way, pretty much tries to kill yeah. Huck by kind of a lame throw overboard type of thing. <laughs> but here you have Ariel popping out of nowhere, saving him and reuniting. And then now Ursula has her voice, beautiful voice back. I'm wondering, is this the end for Ursula? That was pretty quick. I know some was. people mentioned it on Facebook too. It is pretty quick. So I'm wondering if there's more to it. Is she going to be on the hero side now? Or you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when it become when it comes when it comes down to battling evil versus good, what side will she fall on? Or will she even come back? Or she's off to her happy ending now. She got what she wanted. So I thought it was pretty quick. So I'm thinking there's gotta be more to it than just that. Do you think they uh just kind of finished her story because she wasn't really favored in the community of oncers? Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think so. Because even with Justina's, even with Justina's uh, poll on her blog post, yeah, when I voted, she she didn't have any votes. No. But they didn't give any. But they didn't give. You know, now I kind of feel bad because after watching this episode, hey, you know her backstory. <laughs> but they never really gave her any kind of play. Like they didn't. No, they, they didn't, didn't really, support her character. No, not at all. Until this episode, it was like all her, and you're like, wow, okay, I feel for you. I sympathize with you. I like you. I yeah, get it. Yeah. I get it. And you know what? I was hoping that she got her happy ending, right? 
I was hoping that she saw the good and the intentions behind what the good, what the heroes were up to. So I thought for a second, just a slight second, that she would help them out because they all stayed in that cabin, right? So I was like, oh man, this is where she helps them and she's going to tell them what, what Rumpel's all up to. But no, she just decided to go back home with her father. So in a way, I am bummed that she's gone. She does keep her word with Hook and tells yeah. her Game and tells him. So just as Ursula is about to leave, she keeps her promise and pulls Hook to the side and say, you know what? This is what Rumpel's up to. He wants to get rid of Emma and not so much kill her, but just turn her dark. Because once she's dark, there is no savior. And the one thing that kind of shocked me is that this is something we never thought about until she said it. She said, the reason why a lot of a lot of the villains won't get their happy ending here is because the author never wrote their happy endings in Storybrooke. Yeah, I like that little twist. Yeah. It just makes all the sense because they're not from Storybrooke. Right. So why would they have their happy ending in Storybrooke? And it makes it even more difficult for them to get their happy ending. They can't just find the author and, be, and tell him, hey, write, write us a story. We're good. Okay, I get my happy ending. Right. But it couldn't be that easy. And not only that, let's go back to the picture that keeps popping up. Regina holds that torn and taped back up picture all the time. And it's a whole different era. It's in the, in the Enchanted Forest era. So does that mean Regina will have to go back there? To get her with happy Robin ending. to get her happy happy ending because apparently it's not in story that's not a scene from Storybrooke. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean when I first saw that and it came I was like, this can't be real and then she wakes up. But yeah, that isn't in Storybrooke. Yeah, that picture that she tore up at the line yeah, when that, he left. That's, in, that's not in Storybrooke. So now her telling us that kind of opened the the doors to like, wait a minute. The only way they can get their happy ending is to go back where they came from in the Enchanted Forest. Which probably brings why Regina had that dream of the evil queen trying to strike back. Ah, yeah. I didn't get that. I was like, what does that mean? And there's a couple of things going around on Facebook. Eliana mentioned something. Yeah. Eliana mentioned that Regina's dream is about saving Robin from Regina because Zelina's coming back to get her. Is, if that's what I understood. Or Zelina's... Well, all we know is that Zelina's coming back. Right. We just don't know how or when. Or Eliana knows, at least. I wasn't... <laughs> <laughs> but so so if she is coming back, okay, it could be like a foreshadowing, forewarning. Yeah. That's how Eliana took it. That's how I'm thinking she took it. The way I'm taking it is that in order to be in love with Robin, she needs to be who she is right now. Or she's not the evil queen. She needs to be who she truly is right now. But if she goes back to the Enchanted Forest, she's once again the Enchanted Forest's evil queen, the one who uh-huh. destroyed people's villages uh-huh. and, and shamed them and did everything in her power just to make people feel bad about themselves. So I think that's the struggle where you have her current being, which we saw in Storybrooke, and she's daydreaming, or uh, she actually had a dream. She's kissing Robin. But then the old... Regina comes out. So I, like I don't that. know. That's my twist. Yeah. yeah. And even Regina says it, that she thinks that it, it was funny because the evil queen was protecting Robin from who knows what. Not so much. A, yeah. 
Yeah, like yeah, who, yeah. But we don't know who. So, you know, maybe it could play into Zelina coming back. Maybe that's Zelina, not Regina. And then the evil queen was Regina coming back to save Robin because that he's not really kissing Regina. It's Zelina. I don't know. I'm just trying to mix the <laughs> theories together. <laughs> so let's just tie that back a little bit and go back to what Ursula was saying, or actually just Ursula's end of the story. She gets her happy ending. She goes, she leaves. Now, now that she has her happy ending, what about all the other villains? You have Corella, you have Maleficent, which we know we're going to get her story next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Regina, which we just kind of commented on what's going on with her happy Mm -hmm. ending there. Rumpel, that guy's kind of a mess, but (laughs) you know, I think he's on his mission trying to achieve his happy ending. But now we have Hook, who gets very, very vulnerable and tells Emma, hey, I used to be a villain and I'm afraid that my happy ending's taken away from me. And it was one of those lovely, dovely scenes. Everybody liked that I loved scene. it. It was a good scene. It was so honest and true. And I was like, yes, this is what we should see from them. Because I want to see Emma really happily in love. And that was like a true moment of I'm in love with you and I can't lose you moment. And that, that was Hook saying, I could, be, I could be a victim of this whole thing. So pretty much hang tight because I don't know what's to come. But I think he's more worried that, so he already has this happy ending. Right. So He just doesn't want it taken away right. from him. He's very worried that's going to be taken away from him. And it kind of ties into Rumpel's plan. If his plan and it and it succeeds is to is to fill Emma's heart with darkness, where does that leave Hook and Emma? There is no Hook and Emma. Right. So there's a twist with Emma turning dark too that Tom mentioned on Facebook, Tom Gallowitz, and he says, you know, Emma turning dark, that's how she can also be saved too. Either way, she's still a savior. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter which way she goes. She's been she's born that way. <laughs> <laughs> so she can't you can't do her wrong, really. We don't know yet, yeah. but that's an interesting spin. I yeah, think. Yeah, nobody, nobody saw that because, you know, we think she's going to turn dark. She's mm-hmm. dark. And, you know, there's, there's no turning back. But, you know, that makes a good point. Like, what if her turning dark was what also saves her and saves everybody else? It was funny. There was a funny moment, too, because uh, Emma was saying, you know, I get what Hook, I get why Hook wants to, you know, kill Rumpel. I would want to do the same thing, too. Do you remember that part? And, um, Oh she, yeah, yeah. She pretty much says, "I understand how he feels. I would feel the same way." Emma, thinking, you don't really, yeah, you don't really mean that, right? Because that's not normally you. She's like, like they're already fearing right. that she's turning dark already. She's like, "Duh, that's not." But that's not normally Hook either. Yeah. She's like, "I'm just saying, I understand how he feels." And it's like, okay, that's the humanity part. That's a human, <laughs> human thing. I think we all can understand how he yeah. feels. So chill out for a bit. I just there. thought that was funny. I had to mention that real quick. Yeah, that was funny. All right, so we have to mention the whole August scene. This guy kind of gets tortured. He's kind of awakened <laughs> into the adult world again, and he here he is, strapped down on a chair. Rumpel gives him this potion, turns him into his little Pinocchio body, but still old, and now he has his built-in lie detector, just as that's Justina pretty, brought that up. That's pretty classic, yeah. Yeah, and I have to agree with Chris here. The effects on him... I think have always been great. Yeah. Just how they're able to turn his face. And then even when he's still human, 
I just, I don't know if he just has a really good suntan, but his like face still kind of glows in a certain way. So I was like, wow, this makeup. Yeah. yeah. The effects on August are pretty good. But how did you feel about that scene where they just turn him kind of into a, it's a torture zone where if you don't tell us the truth, you're going to burn yourself. I know. I mean, that's a good way to get something out of him. And I like that he didn't really lie, but he kind of lied about the door. The door in itself is a loophole as the story progresses. And then even his telling in that moment where I know where the door is at, but I just don't know where the paper with the door is at. Right. It's in Storybrook <laughs> somewhere, but I don't know where. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what it looks like, but it's the actual paper. Yeah. So that was a nice little twist. And, you know, Chris, Chris mentions it too, that they he mentions the dragon back in season two of where he got all his research from. So that'll be cool to kind of tie that into because we, when we saw him too, he was dead. Mm-hmm. I think we saw him when August saw him. He, yeah. they were already, he was already dead. I also like how this whole time Regina was trying to approach him with caution and trying yeah. to hint like, I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on your side. And I just liked how that was handled in and out throughout the episode. And then what I really liked was when you have Emma and him reuniting and kind of saying like, hey, we're both good. We're good. It's good to see you again, buddy. I really didn't take it as a romantic scene. No, I just took it more, more as good friends from the past. They're back. But apparently some people kind of like that and don't like it. I don't personally like it. I think Swan, I'm all for Swan and Captain Hook Captain staying Hook. together. Captain Swan. Captain Swan. Yeah, Captain Swan. Yeah, I'm all for that one too. I I think August for me, August and her are more like, it's like brother and sister. Like he was protecting her and trying mm-hmm. to watch over her. So them kind of together, I don't really like that either. And he's one of the first people who did encourage her to just believe in herself. Exactly. And he brought that, or she brought that up in this episode where, you know, you were always the one who did encourage me. Yeah. And he said, and he pretty much said, yeah, I see you've been practicing or you've been, yeah, you know, starting to believe pretty much. So I think he was a reminder to say, look how far you've come. Emma Swan has come. Like viewers, pay attention. Look how far Emma Swan has right, come. Right. <laughs> so I really like that. But here he is kind of sharing with us, the author is trapped in his own book. Why? How? Who did that? Is it really the sorcerer? I know somebody, I think Chris brought that up, that the sorcerer trapped the author in there. Was that clarified in this episode that it was actually the sorcerer who trapped him? Yeah, I think he says it. The sorcerer trapped the... Yeah, the sorcerer trapped the author in the book. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, uh, August said that. I'm just wondering, you know, why was the author trapped? What does the sorcerer have against the author? Did the author write the sorcerer out a certain way? Right, and did the sorcerer... And we haven't really established from what I gathered from what the fairy, the blue fairy said, I get the feeling that the sorcerer is an evil guy. Yeah, you keep saying that. And so I'm wondering maybe he's the... uh, head evil guy and he banished him or wrote something out so now he trapped him into in the book we'll have to wait yeah i don't i don't know because we've never seen the sorcerer really we've seen the apprentice the old man right but we don't really know who the sorcerer is now can i bring up something that nobody brought up and i was i thought for sure once i got to everybody's feedback because this is my process i have to watch the show take my notes and I see notifications coming in that 
We got an email response for feedback for the podcast. Oh, Facebook messages on the group. I try so hard not to read not even a word from that because I need to just let my theories and stuff sit in for a little bit. So I was like, oh, hey, I noticed this. And I said, oh, I'll bring that up. I wonder if anybody else brought it up. So I looked through everybody's feedback. Nobody brought this up. As I was writing down my notes, I was wondering why is the title of this show called Poor Unfortunate Soul? I didn't know until I actually typed it in like Poor Unfortunate Soul and I just hit Google. And it's apparently the song that Ursula sings to Ariel in the original cartoon, right? And that's a, it ends with that, you know, the ah, the, the nice yeah. singing voice that comes out of Ursula. Mm-hmm. It ends that way. So I was like, oh, what a play on, you know, the past, <laughs> the, the, the Ariel, the whole mermaid story that we do know. And they brought it in today's here on Once Upon a Time. That's funny that you say that because when I saw the title, I, I thought of the Little Mermaid movie and her song and her dancing in the So underwater. you knew that. I knew that, but I, I like the that. twist of the voice because when you brought up the voice, isn't it? When I first heard it, it sounded a lot like Ariel's voice. It does. From what we knew, knew from Little Mermaid. But um, it, her story really does parallel kind of Ariel's story. It does. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm bringing this. At number one, uh, that's where the title comes from. I was kind of wondering, where does that title come from? And I kind of thought like, well, yeah, poor Ursula, right? <laughs> no, it's that song. <laughs> but it's I was the actual... It earlier. So here's the history with um, watching... The Little Mermaid. I was about maybe five years old. I can't remember that far. I haven't seen the movie since. So yeah. I can't remember, you know, where the song comes from until I Googled it. And then it all just came together for me. Bam. Explosion mode. So maybe there's somebody, you know, like me out there that can sympathize. But the other part to this was not only the song, but that whole story of Ariel that we've all grew up with. Mm-hmm is very similar to what happens to Ursula. To Ursula. They both have daddy issues. <laughs> they both don't have their mother around. They both lose their voice. Mm-hmm. So what happens there? Like why 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 didn't they why didn't the writers give Ursula like a whole different story that well, I think also, too, because Ursula was a mermaid and all the mermaids, that, that was their thing is they could all sing because as a siren or a mermaid, they lure the pirates into the ocean. Or So I think it's kind of a given that she should be able to sing. Okay, now my next question regards to Ursula and Ariel. When we first were introduced to Ariel here on Once Upon a Time, did we see Ursula as a villain with her? I don't think so. No, we didn't. She was considered really a goddess and i think somebody i i, I want to say it was chris brought that up a couple uh maybe in past seasons that was she really is ursula really a villain because she is supposed to be a sea goddess and that's what she that's what ursula is a sea goddess yeah and here you have ariel when she talks to hook all she says is hey was that really ursula that she yeah, doesn't go beyond really, that yeah. she just stays like with that sentence like she didn't do any harm. She didn't, you didn't hear like a shake in mm-hmm. Ariel's voice just out of curiosity, you know, hey, is that right. Ursula? So I don't know. I think that just has me wondering, you know, why did the writers do that? What was, um, we do know that 
the story that we grew up with. Ursula plays a big role with mm-hmm. Ariel. And stealing her voice. Yes. But here we have in Once Upon a Time, where you, they're kind of disconnected from each other. Right. It's a, a totally different story. Yeah. So that, that was interesting. So I think, I believe we have one more theory from Eliana yes. that's interesting. Yes. One more theory from Eliana. So her theory, and she posted this on Facebook, is what if the author rewrites the book, the villains become the heroes, and the heroes became the villains, and Henry has to go inside the book to convince Regina to become a villain again so that things can be set right, since Regina is Snow White and Snow White is Regina in the story. Regina had to kill the thing she loves the most, which is Cora. I guess Cora is supposed to be coming back too, so hmm. that might tie in to it. But I like that. That theory is really interesting. I kind of wonder now if the author can't really rewrite anything because the saviors around that might have a, a little hand in the author not being able to rewrite the stories quite yet. Mm. And you brought up a good point too, as far as what if the author has to rewrite the stories back in Enchanted Forest and everybody has to go back to where they came from in order to get their happy ending. <laughs> so it's like, eh. so I mean, a lot of good stuff out there and a lot of good theories and it's just, open season as to figure out what exactly is going to happen. So my last question when it comes to this happy ending, the author and all that, everybody gets their happy ending in their own location. How does Henry have his happy ending? Ooh, that's a good one. Bombshell. Don't answer it. Just let it marinate. <laughs> Mom's the word. I won't say a thing. All right. Now for a game changer moment. What I thought was the game changer in this episode was that Rumple knew the whole time that Emma cannot survive, so to speak, as a savior in order for everybody to get their happy ending. Mm-hmm. To me, that was the, the game changer. Why? Because we kind of always knew that something had to give and they had to find the key to something. That was their whole journey, right? But the fact that Rumble has known this whole entire time that it's Emma is very shocking. I thought that was a game changer. Ooh. And I think that puts like an alarm not only with with Hook, but as a viewer. You're like, wait, he's known this whole time. He here he has been, you know, using uh, Corella using Maleficent, using Ursula, get the team back together because we need to go get our happy ending. Let's go find the author. Let's go find the door. <laughs> but he knows above everybody else, he knows that Emma is the answer. And nobody has really said that until when when Ursula said, the Dark One has known this whole entire time. Wow, that is a good, that's a good thought. I didn't really... Catch think, that. I didn't catch that or think about it that way. But now that you say that, I mean, we know Rumple. Rumple is always one head, one, step, one ahead. step ahead of everybody, and he he doesn't seem to tell anybody everything. He'll he'll only tell them what they need to know for now. Yeah, when and it's convenient. When it's convenient, but they don't need to know the whole plan. His whole plan. I think he's the only one who knows his own his plan. Yeah. And he doesn't want to share with anybody else. And I think that's why he keeps everything like that. Ooh, I like that. That's a good game changer. Yeah, I thought that was a game changer. It wasn't so much that the author was trapped in the book for me. It was a shocker, like, whoa, okay, he's in there. But I think this is a true game changer for me. Yeah, and I was going to go with what everybody was thinking was that the author is trapped in the book. 
which kind of goes with your game changer. How does Rumple not know this? And now they're on this wild goose chase of where is that door? Where is the author? Like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Is he going to try to get rid of Emma before he can even find the door? Because maybe the finding the door becomes a very hard task to achieve so quickly. So he's going to probably divert and say, let's, let's start with her now then. Since I'm not getting my way, let me start with her. But how can they find the author without knowing where the door is? Chicken or the egg? Yeah. All right, there was one more point. I know we were saying that was the last point, but there's one more point yeah. I want to bring up because we failed to mention Belle knowing and finding out that Rumpel has duped her again. What happened What happened to the strong Belle that we started to, that started to grow and started to become a stronger character? She's, it seems like she's back to being a little bit more naive, I don't know, so to speak. And I think Chris mentioned, Chris mentioned this on Facebook. We, we're starting to see the season one Belle where she's, you know, kind of in the clouds, not really knowing. Do you really think so? I kind of feel like that because it took her a while to figure out that. I, I think Emma had to spell it out for her. I didn't feel that way. I don't know. No, no I, I felt that it was just yet another disappointment. Here she thought, because remember, she's the one who had the power. That's right. And actually forced him out of Storybrooke. So that was her reassurance. Like, you're because of me, you're gone. And here she is. That was all deflated. That whole moment was deflated. Oh. That very same moment when she heard that was rumpled. Right. So I, be- I think I just thought she was in shock. Not so much that she's a naive Belle that we gotcha. knew before. Mm-hmm. Because she's still strong. I mean, we saw a scene, I think maybe two scenes later, there she is still happy with Will. She's not folding. She's not depressed. She's not you know, in this anxiety state where where's Rumple? He's probably watching me now. She wasn't any of that. So mm-hmm. I think it was just, well, there he is once again, because there was, I think there's, I think we mentioned this in the past episode where I don't think she really is over him. She still yeah. loves him. Mm-hmm. And then something like this comes along where she's told the truth. Like, you know, you were deceived once again. That was yet another, like, it was like another notch to her. Right. disappointment with him right okay i see what you're saying yeah so i don't know i just think of that feeling of her being naive yeah maybe because they're not showing much of her i, I don't yeah. want to say naive but kind of i don't know i i felt like she didn't get it right away like what <laughs> so, another one quick funny thing too about the whole bell bell scene when she finds out about rumple is uh actually no not that scene it's Sorry. when um Hook needs Will's help in regards to his ship. Yes. And, and he's like, uh, that's your ship? It's a little bit, it's a wee bit small. He's like, hey, hey, it's not the size of the ship that matters. And <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Look yeah. at all these innuendos coming along. And it took, you know, it would be some Wonderland. It's funny that they kind of go to Will and he has this magic from Wonderland. Yeah, very how, odd. How does he know, you know? If you look closely, I kind of like that scene, not so much for the story. I just love that you got to see the actor uh, behind Belle. She cracks in that in that <laughs> scene, and they don't they try not to show her too much. But sometimes when things are going to happen on set, and we kind of see this on TCM, like behind the scenes stuff. But here you have the actress that plays Belle. She kind of cracked in that moment. And she kind of tries to hide her face expression by looking down. And then you have the, the, the camera panning back to Hook. 
So they you don't capture that as a viewer, but I caught a I glimpse missed, of it. I missed that. I yeah. didn't see that. It was I was little, just laughing at the whole innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little fun. So I think that's probably why they were laughing in, in real life there in that scene. And they just didn't want too much of uh, people dwelling on that joke there. Because again, it's once upon time. Yeah. Keep it PG. <laughs> you know, with that being said, I think Wonderland is eventually coming because there's a lot of questions of where's Anastasia? And, you know, they keep bringing Will in here and there to drop a little bit of, so I'm wondering. And when are they going to get to the whole story about Loverboy? It's just still, it's very weird to me how that happened. Uh, I think Justina brought it up in her voicemail last week. Unfortunately, we weren't able to play it. But it's interesting how in the beginning of the season, he's found at the library holding like the Wonderland book or, or a page, something like that. Six weeks later, now he's trying to win over Belle. So that is a very uh, good point there, Justina. I don't understand what's going on there. Maybe when they start to bring Wonderland, they bring that together. I don't know. I wasn't a fan of Wonderland to begin with. I wasn't either. (laughs) That one came too soon. I I didn't get to watch it. So Yeah. But we'll we'll see what happens next week. We get to dive into Maleficent, my favorite. Yes. With that said, we like to say thank you so much for tuning in. Beyond Storybrook is brought to you by GoldenSpiralMedia.com. If you like to support the show, please head over there and hit Patreon. When you support Golden Spiral Media, you're supporting Beyond Storybrook. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>